So welcome to the Stories of Market Research, the Insightrix podcast. I am Shardy Torgerson, the creative and digital strategist at Insightrix in Saskatoon, Canada, and your host. I'm excited to welcome today's guest to the podcast, Natalie Renna, president of Fieldwork Minneapolis. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, before we dive in, I wanted to let you know that I absolutely loved your Fieldwork employee screener as a website biography. I have to admit, as a marketer, I find that stuff super clever. Um, I'll actually link it down below because I think any other market researcher, if you will, would love to see stuff like that. And I think it's a fantastic tool to share a little bit more of a personal touch on things that you do yeah. at Fieldwork. But maybe instead of worrying about that, how about you share a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I know. Those screeners are so fun because we're always doing those with our our participants so it's fun to turn the tables um but yeah so thank you again for having me as you said my name's natalie renna and i am the current president of fieldwork minneapolis um, we're a qualitative market research company and we offer facility recruitment and project management support for both online and in-person research um, I started with the company in 2015 as a as a project manager, and then um, in 2020, I had the opportunity uh, to take on my current role. Oh, I love it! You, yeah. we we've talked before, and and I love. Um, when folks kind of share their story and they always mention, oh, I never kind of expected to end up in market research. I, I'm curious, how did you find that your background maybe in project management help you maybe succeed, uh, succeed in the field of market research? Yeah, so market research sort of fell into my lap. Um, I have a degree in organizational leadership and a minor in project management. So mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to go into project management in some way, uh, but wasn't completely sure on what area. I was open to it and I wanted to get the experience. So um, at the time, Fieldwork Minneapolis was looking for someone to join their PM team and kind of one thing led to the other and, and I found myself in market research. Um, but what's funny is that while I didn't intend to work in market research, <laughs> I feel like it's really the best fit for me. Um, I love problem solving. I have a long history of client and customer service um, experience. I love deep diving and looking for answers and kind of figuring out how people tick. And that kind of sums up what we do every day. Um, <laughs> talking to a lot of people, um, problem solving, and uh, uh, seeing what we could find out for our clients. I love that. I find that folks will come from other industries or other backgrounds and they'll they'll find a gap within market research and they love to fill that gap with whatever skill set or whatever technology that they really think could be you know of benefit to market research and I would argue that project management is one of the the unsung heroes in terms of roles at any market research firm. Even myself, we work at a full qualitative and quantitative market research firm, and we have more than five project managers in-house. We have them both on the research services side as well as the online community side. And like I said, they really are the unsung heroes. So to, uh, to deliver the best results, Natalie, a market research project you know, must be planned, it must be scoped, it has to be executed carefully and ultimately it is up to the research manager to ensure that everyone including the researchers um, stay on track so I'm wondering what is your super 
uh, superpower to keep people on track. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, thinking about it, I don't know if it's a superpower, but I think what makes a good project manager is really someone who has a strong attention to detail and is always looking a few steps ahead. Um, we always joke with our projects, we're living three to four weeks ahead because we're looking at that end date, right? Um, and so, um, you know, a good project manager, they're looking ahead to see if there's any obstacles coming up that they may push things off track. They're really um, recalling those past experiences, those past details from similar recruits to, oh, is this a red flag? Should I, should I communicate these concerns to the client? And if so, you got to do it right away. Um, so the quicker they're addressed, you know, those issues, the better the outcome. So somebody who's really on top of the details, I like to think that I am one of them. Um, <laughs> but I know that from my experience and with the, the PMs that I work with, that's what makes the those who are successful really succeed. So what are some challenges of being a, a project manager and specifically maybe in the market research field? Yeah, well, we're definitely finding that projects are becoming more and more complex. Mm. Um, algorithms, multiple research methodologies, challenging low incidence targets. Um, it's not often we're looking for those gen pop respondents anymore, but we're really looking for very specific demographics. Um, medical conditions, purchasing habits, and so on. So that really, it keeps us on our toes. Um, mm -hmm. it, help, it forces us to continue to refresh our database and our connections on social um, it, and really getting fresh folks into our database to, to join us. Um, and really another, the challenge of, of whenever you're working with people, um, there's always those, uh, those challenges that come in. Um, timelines are changing, respondents cancel, uh, test product isn't available on time for research. Um, our project managers are really um, change managers um, because those things are just bound to happen. That's part of just the nature of what we do. That's a very, very great way to put it. I've, I've heard this all before working in an agency. Um, you know, it's, it's really a complex environment right now. As you mentioned, there's a lot of moving parts within uh, a lot of these one-off studies that we are working on. So research has become so, so vastly custom um, and accommodating between clients can often prove difficult just given their needs. So what would you then say to a market, um, a project manager who is looking to maybe make a more significant impact on, say, uh, supporting sample sources or screening for criteria where elements of preventing recruitment mishaps, uh, something that we struggle with in-house ourselves? Yeah, so with recruitment mishaps, I think... One of the most, that's something we, every chance we get, we want to avoid, right? Totally. That, that yeah. never is something that you want. So one of the most important things we do to prevent recruitment mishaps is to ensure that the screener is clear and easy to understand, right, from day one. Um, because when we're recruiting, we strictly follow those screening questions to make sure that we follow, find folks that are the perfect fit for what our client is looking for. And so our project managers and recruiting supervisors really are experienced and take their time 
to thoroughly review those, those screeners prior to handing them to the recruiting team. And they are very comfortable with identifying um, maybe questions or skip patterns or criteria that isn't quite clear um, and getting that clarification uh, from the client. Um, and and we, all, we always want to keep those lines of communication open with our client and tell them exactly what we're finding. Um, if we're seeing a trend, a, a termination trend um, with recruitment that is really holding things up or or really people are falling through the cracks. Um, that is the the duty of our recruiters and our project managers to really bring that to their attention um, because it really can't make or break a recruit. We do quite a bit of work when it comes to looking at projects to get the most out of the takeaways, especially when we're looking at recruitment. Within the last five years, even ourselves, um, we we sample. We have sourcing from many different types of samples. Um, online community is a big one for us. We have uh, Insidetricks communities in house, and we're consistently recruiting. Um, but we also exist in in an area in Canada where the population incidence is quite low in comparison to other places. We're very spread out as well uh, in Saskatchewan and Central Canada, and we often find that our sample sources and screening criteria are very important uh, just in terms of localizing um, people knowing people and knowing the people that you're trying to get in front of is is inherently uh, more important than it has been in the past as you mentioned gen pop seems to be uh, less important these days uh, right. folks are really looking to get in front of the right person uh, in market research yeah absolutely and we utilize you know we never just stick to our database we have a very healthy oh, local database but with social media just so such a great resource we use that so often to really target um specific uh folks say we are um recruiting uh, for a specific medical condition we'll tap into those communities and talk to them and um or we're looking for consumers who are buying a specific type of uh, lawnmower, for example, we're gonna we're gonna target them, and and there's ways to do that. I think you have to always look outside the box. Um, mm -hmm. You have to always keep recruiting fresh, um, utilizing social media, utilizing referrals. Um, it, you know, reaching out to community groups and support groups. It's all there. It's just a matter of taking that step to to reach out. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I love that actually recruiting fresh. What a, what a great way to put it consistently doing this, um, not just catering to the project. I think sometimes that often we get into the, the weeds of things where, you know, we just need somebody who does a certain thing and then we recruit for that person when we should be replenishing consistently. Right. It's looking ahead. It's, it's exactly what I said. It's a, a good project manager is looking ahead. They're anticipating, they're seeing those, proposal requests come in um, that maybe that project isn't, it, maybe it's six months out, but they know it's on the way. So what can we do now to set us up for success down the road? 
Absolutely. Again, I just feel like I'm, I'm listening to my project manager. <laughs> this is a consistent conversation in-house. I love right. it. it. It's super important. And I think, again, just back to the whole idea about ensuring that we're recruiting uh, for the right people, uh, project managers play a really, really special role in that. So I would argue that's a, that's a super, super power all in a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. So getting kind of back into, you know, the, the risks of things, if you will, but the, the biggest risk to success can often be, you know, the most significant impact, especially on cost recruitment. We're talking about sample sourcing and criteria. How do you manage recruitment goals with your clients to ensure that we're keeping projects on budget? Yeah, I think it really starts at the proposal phase. Um, first, uh, gathering all of the information that they have on their research, what they need, what is vital for for their project. Um, Our team works really hard to have a clear understanding of the screening criteria and the client's expectations, um, what they're needing to to enable them to pull this off, um, what kind of of assistance they're needing. And uh, from there, if we have all that information, we can provide the most realistic proposal for their project. Um, And we're always willing to discuss if things don't come right to the budget that our clients are needing, we we use our proposals as as a discussion, uh, a place to start the discussion, because we want it to work out for all parties involved. but, you know, I think what's super important, like you said, um, sticking on budget, it's it's communication. It's sharing with the client what we're finding. If we're finding a huge number of potential respondents terminating at a, at a certain point um, in the screening criteria and it's really cutting into our, our resources, that needs to be discussed mm-hmm. um, because that does impact budget for their overall project. So I think being transparent with what we can provide and what the client is looking for and communicating, that's key to to keeping things on track. I love it. Couldn't have said it better myself. Um, You know, within the market research industry, within project management, I think there's another uh, segment um, where project managers provide an inherent value, um, and that be in the hospitality uh, area of market research. So often we talk about hospitality being a part of travel and tourism, but, you know, I I would argue that uh, in-person research is very much within the mix of um, hospitality in it in terms of it being super important to the services provided. Now, I understand field work specializes in this area as well. I wouldn't mind knowing maybe a little bit more, perhaps in the last few years, uh, it sounds like field work has taken a bit of a collaborative approach to these types of services. Can you dive a little bit more into your growing team and those types of hospitality services you provide? So my team's comprised of project managers, recruiters, and client services specialists. And we work together, provide solutions for our clients. And that's done through hospitality in our facility. And I think that can also be extended to uh, online virtual spaces too. It's the idea that you are taking care of, of your guests, taking care of the people that you're working with. And um, when 
clients come into our facility, they're welcomed um, by a, a beautiful office space and spacious rooms and anything that they need to make sure that their sessions can run successfully. And uh, we take care of um, all the details. We're, we all wear many hats. And I think the, the beauty of field work is that's just ingrained in, in how we do business. Totally. Um, whatever you need to do, we're all will, always willing to jump in and help wherever it's needed. Absolutely. I, again, I, I would argue that supporting, um, you know, both in-person research and virtual research, uh, you know, for things like focus groups and IDIs, that the incredible level of hospitality that goes into it is, is undervalued. Um, you know, hospitality is a service that exists in many industries, as we talked about, but as you mentioned, it's really about being welcoming and, and making people feel comfortable. And I'm, I'm sure there is plenty of topics and sensitivities within the market research uh, you know, study perhaps where these types of things really matter to ensure that we're getting the best uh, quality results from, from each individual. So, you know, as that comes to mind, how do you maybe compare hospitality in market research with perhaps, say, hospitality at a, a luxury hotel? Yeah. So, so when you stay at a hotel, you want to know that all your needs are taken care of, right? Like, clean and comfortable room, stocked refreshments in your mini fridge, um, and a welcoming face at check-in. So we take that idea and we apply it to our facility experience. Um, we have a saying at Fieldwork, focus on the research, we'll take care of the rest. And we really mean it. Uh, mm -hmm. We take care of everything from recruitment, check-in, catering, AV, um, office supplies, and any other coordination needed so that our clients can focus on really what's important to them and they can have the best experience. You know, we're, we're kind of talking about walking through maybe this this experience. So as a participant, and, and I say I am freshly recruited for a focus group through field work, perhaps walk me through my experience when, when I may be, you know, working with a, an organization like you. Yeah. So we really couldn't do what we do without our wonderful respondents. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's just so important to care for them. Uh, it, it's just as important to care for them as it is for our clients. Absolutely. Um, and uh, so um, we reach out to respondents who have signed up in our database to say, hey, call me. Um, I want to see if I qualify. We will reach out to them and, and screen them over the phone. And if they qualify, um, we invite them to their session. And um, from there, they will receive a confirmation email with all of the details. I think that's really important. We're taking all the guesswork out of it so they know where to show up, what time, what's expected, um, uh, when they'll be paid afterwards. That's important too. Mm -hmm. um, so they'll receive that, that email um, and then they'll also get confirmation um, phone calls and reminders beforehand um, to answer any questions that they might have. Um, so uh, when they um, come to the facility, um, they're welcomed and checked in. We have refreshments waiting for them. Um, and we really strive to start sessions promptly. Um, 
it's their time and we want to be respectful of that um, and make sure that the sessions run for the allowed time that they've agreed upon. Um, and so really, you know, like I said, we, we really wouldn't be able to do what we do without them. Um, and they're so important and, and we want them to have a positive experience with field work as well. Absolutely. We, we had a full service focus group facility prior to the pandemic. Um, we've since moved office spaces. Um, but the one thing that we took uh, major pride in is obviously the hospitality side of things, but then really just carrying that forward to the end client. A lot of the times, I think in, in most cases of a focus group or an IDI, you, you could have that end client participating as well. And, and they could be watching from a separate room, from a, a streaming, perhaps live, a real recording of, of the focus group itself. I, I'm curious, um, you know, without giving away the the magic uh, beans, if you will. Um, how do you guys really make sure that we're, you know, you're catering to, to end clients, especially maybe if they're they're actually participating by by watching uh, the focus group live? Yeah, so we do have um, streaming capabilities in our facility, so they can log in and uh, view the sessions because oftentimes they are remote um, mm -hmm. and logging in from all corners of the globe to to um, view the sessions. So we make sure that all of our tech is up and running and, and up to standard so they get a nice clear view of the session and um, no troubles with logging in and we could provide assistance if, if they do have trouble. Um, and then sometimes we'll have um, the end client in facility um, observing the sessions and uh, we welcome them in by providing them with a comfortable observation room, um, refreshments, meals, whatever they need to be comfortable. Um, and so they can focus on viewing the research as it's happening. Um, and with our, our end clients, it's really interesting because oftentimes our contacts are our moderators or independent researchers yep. and their client is the end client and they're here viewing the sessions and you know we really want to make sure that our clients are shining too it's kind of showtime for them um, and and we want to make sure that things run smoothly and um, they can uh, provide the very best for their clients too I love that. Uh, as someone who, again, works for a market research firm, when you work with another organization, when they themselves inherently care about your client as if it were their own, I think that's, again, an invaluable portion of that hospitality. It's recognizing that if you win, we all win, essentially. Absolutely. So, and um, really, you know, and I always, something that we say within our team is, if it's important to our client, it's important to us. Absolutely. You know? We're a service, we're, we're in the service industry, essentially. We wanna provide that care um, and, uh, and, and great, great service to, to anybody that we, that we work with, we have the opportunity to work with. So. And, I, and I think really when it comes to hospitality and again, the travel and tourism industry really uh, push and promote for this, but you give someone a really great experience, nine out of 10 times, they're going to come back. And I think that's really important, especially within the market research industry is recognizing we're, we're full of one-offs. It's a part of our industry right. in terms of working on research projects. But it, when you really go that extra mile for your client, for your end clients, for your uh, participants, you, you will 
grow the reputation where hopefully they come back again. (laughs) Absolutely. And when we get those reviews or notes from our clients afterwards, it just means so much. Um, And it's it's a celebration within our team. We love sharing that with everybody um, because we we do work so hard that when it's validated by um, (laughs) by those we are are working with it, it it just feels really good. So suppose we we keep talking about tourism as a top industry dedicated to hospitality as a service. In that case, you can see a transition from what the tourism industry may be offering in the past. So say, you know, the free cookies, the origami style towels uh, to a service that's more focused on health and safety as its customers. I now can only assume we're experiencing the same shift regarding perhaps uh, services that you provide, say, within the the in-person research Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So health and safety of our clients and respondents and staff, it's, it's extremely important to us. And the past few years, um, we've seen quite a shift. Um, we at, at one point were having, um, you know, meals uh, family style, essentially catering meals family style. And so we really had to change our, our methods for that. But we made it work. Um, we were able to get um, meals uh, packaged individually for our clients. We um, we changed our our backroom setups and, and snack areas um, to make sure people were comfortable. And and once things started to kind of go back to its normal, um, you know, things started to loosen up. We followed what we were hearing from our clients and from our respondents and how they were feeling. Were they feeling comfortable um, not wearing a mask or did they prefer to wear it? Um, Did they feel more comfortable with individual meals or back to more of family style catering? Um, We really um, wanted to keep those lines of communication open. we, um, you know, we followed all of the safety and health protocols that our, our local um, officials uh, had laid out for us. And, and we, were real, we, we still continue to be very diligent about uh, cleaning and, and disinfecting all of our surfaces. And that's something that we'll just continue to do. <laughs> um, but really, I think it's, yeah, it's just been as we've kind of transa- transitioned kind of out of that, um, keeping those communications and expectations um, open and, and talking about it with 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 whoever comes into the facility. Um, and we actually, um, we even conducted exit interviews with respondents and clients um, to hear what feedback they had regarding cleanliness and safety standards during their visit to see us. Um, and, and I'm happy to say we had not one complaint. Everyone was in agreement that they felt comfortable. Um, and, and that's really important to us. That's what's important to us in the end. I love it. Again, the strength of market research using our own tools to really yes. understand the services that we provide. Absolutely. So wonderful. Yeah. And thinking exit surveys. And, you know, again, it, it feels like maybe the health and safety protocol side of things that we've been dealing with recently in terms of the pandemic, you know, may, may have disrupted in-person research to an extent. But as you mentioned, I think it's something that we've always really strived to care about uh, having the these top notch, best in class facilities, you know, don't come without having protocol in that nature already. Uh, But what a great habit to keep up as well. So this is not something that, you know, as an agency or as an 
industry that were saying, oh, this is no longer a requirement. We're going to go back to the family style meals, as you mentioned, right. really connecting with our customers to ensure that, you know, they're comfortable so that, again, we're getting the, the best quality data. Yeah, absolutely. And and letting them take the lead on what, what they feel is most comfortable for them and their team. Yeah. I love it. Couldn't agree more. Uh, again, back to that, the hospitality side of things, making them feel as comfortable as possible by letting Absolutely. them <laughs> But, um, you know, in part of the, I, I, again, we can't kind of keep talking about hospitality, but I love the conversation. I think it's actually, it's not talked about enough in market research as far as I'm concerned. So I'm, I'm happy we're, we're putting this uh, topic out there. But, uh, you know, part of hospitality is the, the expectation management of everything. And, you know, unfortunately, people are kind of full of assumptions and maybe preconceived notions or that's just me being uh bitter on a monday just kidding. But, <laughs> what, what do you what do you do at fieldwork maybe to ensure that you're meeting a research participants expectations when entering a facility and now i we kind of talked about just making them feel uh, comfortable but just kind of going back to that idea about uh, the hospitality side of your service to help ensure that stronger show rate so as far as hospitality when it comes to show rate something that we have noticed really actually helps show rates quite a bit is really taking that extra care to uh, reach out to respondents uh, with timely reminders via email and phone calls, um, providing them with all the details um, in multiple ways, uh, written and verbal, and um, and providing any kind of support that they may need in order for them to follow through with their commitment. So for example, if they are joining us for a focus group that has a pre-group assignment, they have received everything, we confirm verbally that they understand they need to complete that before um, uh, joining us for the session, and they have everything they need to get here on time and ready to participate. Um, same goes for virtual sessions. Um, we do check, we do tech checks to make sure that um, their webcam's working, their microphone is working, they can access the virtual room easily. Um, it's just taking extra care to make sure that they are all set and ready to go. And it's absolutely worth it 100% of the time because it really um, improves show rates and um, just the overall respondent experience. I, I What I'm hearing is that humanizing the approach is incredibly important. Absolutely. You know, it's funny, these past few years, um, we have really noticed as as a lot of work went digital and um, uh, to virtual interviews, and we still do have quite a bit of that. Mm -hmm. As as things went back to more and more face to face research, we really see how important it is that that human factor, um, getting getting people together um, to talk is a really powerful thing, um, and to be able to um, uh, share those human experiences together. It, it's, it's such a huge part of what we do day to day yeah. and in market research. So humanizing every 
every step of the process is, is important. We recently did a mystery shopping project in-house and it was a very large undertaking for us. Uh, but the reason why it was is, is mainly because the humanized approach we took to ensuring that our mystery shoppers understood their assignments, the projects that they were doing. And at one point in one project, we were working with 30 different shoppers on any given basis. And we have one project manager in-house who, bless her, really, really managed it well. But the, the, the interesting intricacies of, of working with other people, people you've never met, people with uh, different backgrounds, skill sets, experiences, and, and really getting them to be a part of the, the research process without having to feel like they're doing any extra work. And as you mentioned, that's a big part of it. Uh, taking the guesswork even away from the participant, really what they should be doing is showing up, participating with, with their you know best thoughts at, at hand rather than you know worrying about where they have to park or, or who they have mm -hmm. to, to greet when they, they enter the building. So I think really taking those um, variables out of the equation really uh, support the market research. And we're even seeing on our end client side, you know, we've done incredible work on this mystery shopping project. So uh, it's definitely being seen on the client side, which is great for us. But uh, it, it, we're really dedicated to just being hospitable uh, with our mystery shoppers. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I would love to continue kind of diving into this conversation. Natalie, I could probably talk all day about anything to do with market research, but I think we'll end our conversation here today. Uh, is there any maybe final thoughts you would like to, to land today in, in regards to us talking about everything from uh, hospitality and market research, the services you provide? Uh, you know, what has Fieldwork got going on right now? Yeah, we are finishing up this year really strong. We've had a fantastic year. Um, facility has been uh, busy and we're seeing so many clients return to face-to-face -face, um, market research, which is thrilling. Mm -hmm. um, we're excited about the new year, seeing um, uh, more people come in and, and, uh, and more projects on the horizon. So we're excited and um, really proud of, of what we've been able to accomplish and um, excited to see what's next. I love it. Yep, I would agree that face-to-face -face market research is going to continue to be an important topic in 2023. It's always been a very important part of our, yeah. our service providing um, side of things, but I do anticipate, again, just how things have changed. You guys are very clearly yeah. ahead of the curve uh, in a lot of the needs in terms of how things are changing because of the pandemic. So kudos to you guys at Fieldwork. And again, I really appreciate you jumping on the podcast today, Natalie. Yeah. As I mentioned, project researchers are an unsung hero. Uh, hospitality is an undervalued topic in market research, so I'm happy to shine a light on both. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been fun.